Welcome to JR Art Cloud, the podcast of Jewish Renaissance. My name is Judy Herman, and I'm very excited today because I've got here Isaac Grin. And you are actually at the moment a bit of a legend because you are playing a lassoing cowboy, an amorous lassoing cowboy, yeah. a very determined one who always gets his woman, I guess, in Oklahoma. And uh, you look like you're all having a ball. So first of all, tell me what it's like being in that company. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's lovely to be doing a classical musical with such a warm, creative team that are really just wanting to create something quite conventional but move it forward. Yes. Because we get treated so well here, because there's... Um, so much care and investment taken into the piece we're just allowed to just really play and you rarely get to do that because it, it, they're not always money makers or, or commercial entities so it it's so lovely to have an audience that really love this stuff and we just get to go back to the 50s and sort mm. of try and show the story that they were trying to show back then. Yes, that's an in interesting one, isn't it? Is it going back to the, f the 50s? So, I mean, it's, it's sort of set around the time of statehood, isn't it? Which is a tiny bit earlier than that. I mean, I it's set in 1907. Yes. Um, it's in, I think it was late 40s, 50s? Yes, uh, uh, late, yes, it's late 40s. I mean, it's a landmark musical, as we and know. it's based on uh, the play Green Grow the Lilacs by... Uh, Lynn Riggs. Mm. Now, here we go with the research. I wanted to ask you particularly about the sort of research you went into in, in different ways. One thing is whether you looked at the play and saw how it diverged at all. Mm. And the other one was just to do with this being Rodgers and Hammerstein's big landmark breakthrough because it's when they started working together. It's been Rogers and Hart before that, and I love Rogers and Hart. Yeah. But this is a very different kettle of fish. This is the, you know, the the new music way of doing musicals where everything's much more organic, and yeah. and it's such an unlikely subject, really, for this. I thought for this pair of um, quite upper class townies, Jewish townies from New York, so and they really seem to have thought themselves into it. So I, did you look at that original play? That's what I wondered. No, actually. Oh, I mean, I bought it, and mm. I went to sort of start having a scan and realised that Will Parker's not really written into it. Oh! Um, yeah, the play is kind of... It's mainly surrounds the, the ranch mm. um, and the relationships that go on within there. And Ada Annie is definitely in it, and she plays around, but there isn't, there isn't a clear Will Parker character that was mm. definitely written in... And I don't think the play was, and the musical were like a direct correlation. No. I think it was loosely inspired, um, and they sort of created their own characters from that. Rodgers and Hammerstein. Well, in that case, I admire them even more because it looks to me. I mean, I know the play wasn't particularly successful, so they obviously n knew what to do between them. Mm. Um, obviously, that would be particularly Hammerstein, I suppose, that how to find the characters that, that we, the audience, would need to identify with, how, mm. how to bring them together. I mean, we they obviously decided, for example, I mean, we should probably just explain 
I suppose the main romance is, is um, the, the the one between Curly and Laurie. I love yeah. those names, Curly and Laurie. They, they could be out of a children's book, couldn't they? Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? Of course they're not. Um, and then there's your, like, the sort of balance to that, aren't you, your relationship with Ada Annie? It is the comic lighter relief, mm. I think, for the piece. Mm. But I think that's the byproduct of something that's actually quite real and mm. relevant because... Yes, I know we're slightly backwards that Will has to be worth $50, which is about the same as $1,300 today, mm-hmm. to marry Andrew so, Khan's daughter, Ada Annie. Yeah, so we just, yes, they just explained that um, you're, court, yeah, you're courting a girl, and but but it's very much in that time when you had to ask the dad's um, Yeah, it was all arranged. And he's a wealthy, high-profile man. Mm. You were wedded kids you know and you knew who you were going to be with mm. and for some reason not really explained Andrew Kant played by the amazing Nick Kolikos mm. isn't isn't really talked about why he actually doesn't like Will um, because mm. Will seems like a really nice guy yes I know well, um, I know you're playing him but you know that I, you know, I, was, I was rooting for Will the whole time yeah I mean he doesn't really do anything wrong no but look like I said it, yes it's slightly backwards but the underlying factors of just wanting the love of your life mm. and you're going to basically do a Tough mudder plus a marathon and a triathlon to get her. Yes. <laughs> just, it's the most romantic thing a, a man could do, really. Um, and I think it's just about... It's kind of also that self-discovery of, mm. of yeah, that love and adolescence and that naivety and braveness mm. that I think it, we all have at some point in our lives. Shall I, shall I take seriously the, the way you could say that Ado Annie is playing around? I mean, I don't think she's promiscuous because I assume she's probably quite virginal. She's just, just teasing a bit. It's, it's quite... Is it innocent? Because there is an... There is a very dark side to this show, which we have to talk about. Yeah, um, I think that... with Ada Annie, she's completely... I don't think she plays around. I think she just is at that stage of her life where she ha- all these hormones are moving around oh. in her body, you know, and, and a man steps in front of her and, and says some beautiful things to her because oh. they're telling the truth. You're a beautiful girl. Oh. Um uh, and I'd I'd love to get to know you, and and she goes yes, of course I would. It's like even when she's with Will, she's like, when they do that song in Act Two of All or Nothing, mm. you know, Will's saying, you know, with me, you I'd give me all your attention or none, and she's saying I will give you all my attention, but I I I do like attention from other people. Mm. You know, I I I love you, but I. Like a human being, I, I also, I, I'm yes, okay, maybe I won't kiss that man over there, but you can't stop me from talking to him, no, you know, and that's why it feels quite relevant to today. Yes, I, I, I suppose so, but you know that it's, it's such a great title for a song. I'm just a girl who can't say no, but mm. actually, it is in all innocence in her case, as I said. That's what I'm sort of implying here, because this show, as I said, it does have the the, the central story is quite dark you know just mm. just because of this other character called Judd yeah. who I mean you've got Laurie and I think it's very interesting that in your production Curly is quite literally very blonde and very curly and, and very tall so there's mm. a massive contrast between him and this 
well, actually, you know, a, a black actor playing him, and that's, you know, there's been some, it's very slightly, con I don't know, not problematical, but it makes you think, it really makes you think. And it's hard mm. when a piece discusses race, I think, mm. because mm. the piece does. You know, yes. Oklahoma has taken over the Indian territory and named it Oklahoma, and mm. that's what happened in 1907. Yes. And I think that will always um, uh, make people think. Uh, but I think with this production, what we do is we look at the underlying story and the romantic gestures that happen within. And I think the problematic undercurrents come from the story rather than the people who are playing it, I think. Yes, yes. No, I'm sure you're right. And I, just, yeah. I mean, I also, you know, I think really because there's no references to, you know, to, to colour. But I, I, I tell you what, to move on from colour, actually, what I found the most distressing thing in it, actually, not Judd's actions at all, it's Curly going round yeah. there and really urging this man to kill himself. I mean, I, I'd sort of forgotten about that scene, but it's absolutely terrifying. I mean, literally, it's almost like, you know, a self lynch he's wanting to lynch himself. If you see what I mean, he's almost throwing the, the lasso on onto the beam, isn't he? And I found that, you know, quite scary. Actually, I've sort of forgotten how very dark that bit is. And of course, yeah. it gets darker later. I don't want to talk. I've been trying not to talk about the ending because I think, you know, if anyone's going to see it, they should. And they don't know the ending. They should jolly well, you know, it, it's only once that you can see something without knowing the ending. So I try not to do spoiler. At least. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it is that is an extraordinarily dark scene. You know, to have, isn't it? And you know, musicals used to be. Yeah, I think it's for that to be written when it was. Um, you know, musicals today, new musicals will still take education from those that amazing writing mm. um, that was so dark. Um, where and at that point, musicals were where people people would escape and try and have some light relief but actually here they're made to think and that was rare yeah yeah <laughs> um which Roger and Hammerstein are so great for they really know their history and they know how to find the darker emotion within lighter stories yeah I looked up you know I was looking I actually I just I think I just tried to check when Oklahoma became a state and discovered that it's actually its name is actually Native American it means red man you know, mm. So it actually means that it is somebody who is a Native American talking about themselves. It's some land that belongs to the Red Man. So um, they, they they managed to name their state that was all that was always being taken over by these white settlers after themselves. So it's actually quite politically interesting, isn't it? You start mm. looking at it from that point of view. And I think so. Again, I come back to it when you're rehearsing. Do do you do that thing where some? I know a lot of. Um, uh, productions have sort of things around the walls or, or different people in the cast are sent off to do different bits of research. Do you do it like that or is it much? Yeah, I mean, because obviously the piece is so well known mm. by pretty much everyone in the room, it was quite vital actually that we really knew our research because then we could actually start tackling it mm. um, as actors rather than people who know the musical, like, yeah. a, like mm. a fan. Yes, yes, that's very interesting, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, we did some research into sort of the dynamics of family relationships of that time. I mean, I did anyway. Mm, interesting. Um, we weren't set out as a task to 
do that because we had um, you know little time to create a two and a half hour musical but um yeah i think i think it's vital for any piece really if you, if you can't really you need to know what you're on about how many weeks do you get actually in Chichester? for this particular production mm. we were given five weeks rehearsal mm. a week of technical rehearsals mm. And then a week of preview shows, yeah. but we were changing the show throughout that until right. it was set in stone from the 22nd. Mm. Well, so it's, it sounds, you know, it's not that long, really, is it? Now, you, are you really still at drama school? Well, I'm, I'm no, I have, I, have, I have left. Yes. But I um, formally graduate in September. Right, I see. So it's just, that's just to go back for the sort of, when they hand yeah, the prize. I finished, yeah. I finished in um, June and started wow. this in July. That is quite something, isn't it? I mean, you yeah, must be it was, quite it was, pleased. I'm very humble to be given up the opportunity. Yeah, it's fantastic. And the opportunity you've been given, you've also been given the opportunity to learn how to do lassoing because it's absolutely vital for your role, isn't it? Does it actually say it in, in the script? I'm always that just yeah, something. And actually, no. it's not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's vital. Um, I mean, has it become it, vital? Has it? I mean, as a, as a rodeo mm. and um, doing steer roping, mm. you have to be able to get a loop across a bull's horns. Yes. So they would, in those times, been able to do tricks. And I think that little piece of choreography, inspired by um, the Susan Stroman choreography mm. um, oh, of the it? National, mm. um, which Jimmy Johnston uh, performed Will. Uh, we were kind of loosely using that to, I think it just, it evokes a sense of like, he finishes the piece doing what he came before in Kansas City. So he was a steer roper and he can do these tricks and mm. it's, he likes to show off a bit. Well, he's just won a prize. That's the whole point, yeah, isn't won it? $50, I mean, yeah. He is actually the champion steer roper whatever competition it was you went into. So I suppose you have to come on and prove it. But uh, now, now, tell me again, tell me about learning to do that, because you it's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy came in... Um, Jimmy... One, Jimmy Johnston. Yes. Mm. Who played Will Parker at the National. Mm. He came in and <laughs> once a week for about two hours and basically just started teaching me some simple stuff. Mm. Couldn't, I couldn't really do it properly for about four weeks. It takes a while to okay. really get used to just... The first um, <laughs> position I do is a wedding ring, just going around, and then mm. you've got some other tricks that you're doing. And actually, if I'm honest, it, it kind of changes every night because yeah. <laughs> I've learned things now. So if something goes wrong, I'll quickly try mm. and some, do something else. Or if I'm having fun, I'll try and play around with it. Mm. I mean, I only get given four eights, which isn't... Um, as much as he had, which was about a minute and a half mm, mm. Um, back. So we just do a little something, but I think it's just a nice way to end the piece with a bit of um, farm, farm hand showing off, yeah, cowboy, no. cowboy steer roping. Yeah, I, it, to me, well, it's a great highlight to me. I have to say, I was so dead impressed. Um, so is that going to go on your CV of, of yeah, acting I might skills? Yeah, I'm on my CV as a lasso <laughs> level three expert. Because yeah, uh, Jimmy, did he have to learn it to play it before then? Yeah, he actually mm. learned it. They had ten weeks rehearsal, I think. Oh, right. Jimmy said when um, wow. they did national production, mm. which was slightly longer than ours. Mm. So um, he was really be able. To, he was able to really master it, and he mm. is definitely head lassoer. 
in the UK. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say they sent him out to learn it from a cowboy on the plains. <laughs> no, but I think they they, they brought, brought someone one in. in who was um, <laughs> yeah. a pro before a pro at that sort of stuff mm. before him. Right. But he, I think he's the only guy who can probably really teach it now in the UK. <laughs> mm, right. Well, yes, you but learn some more. It can be you can be a teacher as well. Yeah, maybe but, I can teach it in twenty yeah, years. Yeah. Well, hopefully you won't need to because your career is obviously already taking off in all different directions. So, were you being taught? It's arts ed, isn't it? Is that right? I got that right. Yes. Yeah. Do they teach? Are you a triple threat? You seem to be. Well, we it, it's a triple threat course. So yeah, that's what I meant. To sing, yes. dance, and mm. act. Yes. It's quite a hard process to get into the school, but once mm. you're in, they really take care of their pupils and and push you in directions that you didn't know mm. you could go in. Mm. For me, I was always quite a strong dancer, mm. and um, because I went to the arts ed pupil school, mm. um, so I was always a strong dancer. And then the musical theatre degree really taught me about my voice, and mm. I had an amazing singing teacher, and that changed a lot of things. Yes, um, sorry. I just I was trying to work out who your father must be. So David Grin. I thought it would be David. Yes, I mean because yeah. the others Hugo all. Has, Hugo and Jackie had um four kids, mm. and three of them were girls, and yeah. one was a boy. I couldn't work out whether Gabby was a girl or a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guessed it was probably David. Yes, I sort of checked it out. Yes. So you must have never known your grandfather. Then you're too young, aren't you? He died a year before I was born. Oh, did you, and, yeah. Oh, he probably didn't even know you were coming. Had you, I don't know if he'd already got grandchildren think, by then. I think he didn't know I was on the way. Oh well, I that's think, something then. I think mm. I, I don't know. Maybe mm. it was just before my mum got pregnant. I can't. Mm. I can't exactly remember. Yeah. And have you got lots of cousins? Yes, yeah, so I've got. Um, yeah, loads actually, because yeah. my mum, my mum's got two sisters as well. I've mm. only got aunts though, mm. which is quite an interesting fact. Mm. I've only got aunts, um, <laughs> and yeah, we've got lots of cousins. Yeah, so are you a, a warm and close family? Would you say? Yeah. yeah. And is it quite a, a bit of a responsibility and a legacy to live up to, or something? It must be something you're proud of. Does it get in the way the family name? How does it work? I think, like, because I never met. Hugo, but I've heard obviously so many stories, and I know like how much of a figure he was in the Jewish community and just in society in general. I've always, you know, lived up to that because I'm in performance as well. I mm. think he did a certain type of performance. It was, it, did. Was more, it was maybe a more human, and mm. he was Hugo Grin, whereas I'm playing characters. But mm. I think. It would it would be naive of me to say I it hasn't passed down because I think it definitely has mm. and I think I channel his I channel his yeah his his ways and mm. learnings that he gave and the way he spoke and I channel that through my father and through the rest of my family and I have a very special relationship with my grandma Jackie mm. who was see wonderful um, lady. Mm. Um, uh, his wife and we have a very special relationship and she's definitely taught me a lot in in life which then obviously fizzles into performance you know you can mm. only be an actor really if you know what life is yes absolutely and he, well he was an amazing man I mean I'm not going to bore you for too long but he, we were members at West London my dad right. you know my father was a and my parents were uh, for ages. My father was a doctor, 
and spent enormous amounts yeah. of time lecturing Hugo on giving up smoking and said it would kill him. And he said, well, actually, as it's the only thing that kept me alive in the camps, um, you know, you don't have to allow me that. It's just too bad. So dad had to just shut up and let him get on with it. So, um, yeah. but he, he was an amazing man. You know, the performance thing you talk about, they know that there's a bit in the service where you move on to the tourist service and there's, you know, that bit and it shall come to pass in the last days. Yeah. He used to, that used to be when he got up and did his started doing his bit, and it was just electrifying. If anyone ever does that bit at all in in synagogue, I could just remember Hugo doing it because he had you know he had that weird accent as well, mm. sort of like partly American, Chinese, part Chinese. Yeah, yeah, absolutely extraordinary accent. It seemed to work brilliantly for the. Uh, I think he'd have been so unbelievably proud of you. I really do. So yeah, um, I think there's um as I've gone older, I think I've. I think I went to Akiva, a Jewish primary school mm. as a kid. I think I was always aware of this Hugo Grin character mm. that lots of people talked to <laughs> me about and mm. spoke to me about. And we went to synagogue and I, I just didn't really get it because mm. I didn't meet him. So mm. uh, for me, it was it was kind of like a, a cartoon or, or a character that I've heard about in a book. But as I've gotten older and, and uh, spoken to my dad and, and my grandmother and my even my mum who converted to Judaism... I've learned so much more and I, I've even now really started to take time and mm. look and watch Chasing Shadows and The Sabbath mm. Bride mm. that my aunt Naomi made. Yes. Um, and really spoken about my grandpa and wanted to learn more as a 20-year-old as a man. And I think that's because I've become very proud to be Jewish. I think sometimes as a kid growing up in London, I... It felt exotic, you know. It yes. felt it felt different, and now with what's going on in society as well, and in in especially in um, the people who run this country, mm. I've become very proud of the community that I grew up in and the community that I I want to be a part of. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean practicing more, but it it means respecting your history and moving it forwards. Your family presumably belongs to a particular congregation. Yeah, we, we're all still part of West London. Oh, are you? That's great. Oh. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because um, mm. my my grandmother has a, still has the house in Marylebone, mm. and so although it's not local for us because we're in Highgate in North mm. London, not that um, far. Not far. We, uh, if we go to synagogue, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I I don't go every week, but if we ever go, we'll always mm. go to the one that we all grew yeah, up in. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why should you go? Every, you can't really go every week if you're interested, can you? So, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. So have they all been to see it? He, he my family, yeah. yeah, yes, my my close family have, um, mm. and um, my relatives and um, my grandmother and my other grandparents mm. are coming in two weeks for my twenty first birthday. Oh well, look, first of all, happy birthday, Thank and you. secondly, they are in for such a wonderful treat. I mean, I know you're going to go on and do all sorts of things, but I think this is something fantastic. Both seeing you in it, but actually because it's such a terrific production, because it's so full of wonderful music, brilliant dancing, wonderful acting, stunning acting, but also so it's very, very thought-provoking. I mean, for such a sunny musical, it is very thought-provoking as well. And I think, you know, they will... I'm I'm convinced they're all going to key into all those different aspects, whilst schlapping knuckles, as we say, being incredibly proud of you. 
So um, I want to thank you for talking to me. Thank you for having me. So I hope I can keep across your career because I think there's big things. Have you got anything lined up for next or not? Uh, yes, but I'm probably not allowed to announce it yet. Oh, right. But you are. Yeah. You have actually got something. Uh, yes, a couple of things that <laughs> yeah. are just, um, yeah, I'll let you know soon. I would <laughs> like to know. Yes, I'd like to, like to be able to follow your progress because, as I yeah. say, I, I'll... Think, I just feel it might be quite meteoric. And I hope varied as well. I hope you'll get to do straight plays and all sorts. Yeah, I'd, I'd, like, that is something I really want to do and I'm working with my agents to try and make sure that happens. If you find a straight play with lassoing in it, that would be ideal. That would be ideal, right? Lassoing <laughs> play. Yeah. Great, yeah. Thank you so much for sparing the time to talk to me and enjoy the rest of your time in Chichester. Amazing. Thank you. God bless. Thank you so much, Isaac Grin.